Thank you so much, Antioch Church. I love you. It is so good to be home, yay! We have been home for three weeks, and so I've been able to be at church three times, and oh, I mean, amen, right? And so uh, we start traveling again uh, next weekend, Mississippi, and pray for us because we're heading into China, and we will be leaving the 13th and be there through the 28th. The Lord has called us to go on a very strategic assignment working with some key Christian uh, house church and governmental leaders there. And so we'll share more about that when we return, but we're very excited. But Happy New Year! Happy and blessed New Year, amen? Are you ready for a new year? Me too. Are y'all ready for 2014? I am too. All right. Let me get moved in. Let me get situated. All right. So I am excited. You guys pray for me this morning because what I'm going to share, I'm a part of a group called, and how many of you have been here and heard me? Let me ask this question first. Share at the beginning of the year. Okay. How many of you, this is your first time? Oh, wow. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. And so let me share just briefly what I am sharing from. I'm a part of a group that's called the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders. We meet once a year, and it's usually in November or December at the end of one year, heading into a new year. And it is uh, full of leaders from around the world. There's about 30 of us that sit on, 30 to 35 now, that sit on this roundtable. Cindy Jacobs, how many of you are familiar with Cindy? She leads the round table and it's an invitation only group. And what we do is we come together, prophetic voices, those of us that are known as prophets and prophetic voices, and we pray together. We seek the Lord together. We say, Lord, what is it that you're saying as we're heading into this new year? What is your word? What is it that we're supposed to be expecting? How can we line up with you as we move into this new season and this new year of 2014? Now, you can imagine when you have 35 prophets in the room like myself, and Cindy Jacobs and Chuck Pierce and Dutch Sheets and James Gall and Stacey Campbell and Bill Hammond and Jane Hammond. I mean, when we pray, we're praying, all right? I mean, the prayer times, you just kind of have, you just, just stop because you just won't ever stop if you don't stop. And so there is a lot of revelation that God brings forth in these meetings. It's my favorite meeting to go to every year because, you know, you're hearing so clearly from the Lord and what he is is saying. And so some people tend to get a little critical of the group. You think that we can't hear from the Lord ourselves, so you have to hear for us. You know, you can find those groups on the internet. No, that's not it at all. What we're doing is we're praying and we're interceding to hear the Lord so we can share this is what the Lord is saying to bring confirmation. And also so we in the body of Christ and say, yes, God, we want to join in with what we see you doing so we can prosper in this year that you're taking us into. Amen. You know, without a vision, people perish. And this is the beauty of the gift of a prophet is that we are able to hear and Greg will tell you, I can wake up with about 10 different new visions every day, you know, because I'm hearing the Lord, I'm praying. And many times what we're, I'm hearing and seeing, it could even be three, four, five years down the road before it's finally going to be implemented. But you know, when, when you have prophets come together and you have this many in a room, you can imagine the revelation that's coming forth. So I have done my best to condense into one message, three-day meetings with 35 prophets from around the world, okay? Grace, right? (laughs) And for some reason, 
you know, this year it was really, really, hold on. There we go. This year, it was really, really just a lot of good revelation that was constantly, all of us confirming each other and what we are hearing. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to dive into the word. Lord, we thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence. Lord, I thank you that everything that you once said this morning will come forth. Lord, we are expectant of all that you are going to do in 2014. Lord, we say yes and amen to your word and to your promises, Lord. Lord, that we can step into the fullness of everything that you have called us to, that the church can advance, that your kingdom, Lord, can advance in this earth. Lord, we thank you for the harvest of souls that will come forth as a result of this word. We thank you for the deliverances. We thank you for the salvations. We thank you for transformed cities and regions and nations, Lord. And we give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm gonna start. How, how many of you have heard of Chuck Pierce and Glory of Zion? Raise your hand. All right. They, um, they usually, what happens is they go by what we're going to, and I'm going to start here. And uh, what they go by is what's called the Hebrew calendar. All right. How many of you know the calendar that we go by is a Gregorian calendar and it didn't come into existence until the 1500s, right? And so a lot of believers believe that we can still see what God is doing in the body of Christ by seeing what the Hebrew calendar is saying. So according to the Hebrew calendar, September was the beginning of the Hebrew year, okay? It's called head of the year. And so I'm going to give you what is the Hebrew year, and I'm going to teach you prophetically what from this Hebrew year what it means, the year that we're in. Does everybody understand? Okay. All right. So we are in the year 5774, 5774. That is the Hebrew, according to the Hebrew calendar. And the two terms that go with this are I-N, A-Y-I-N, and I need to get better at PowerPoint, I know. Lord, that's something I'm gonna tackle in 2014. When you're a prophetic teacher, though, it's really hard because you never stick to your notes, all right? And the poor person doing it can't ever find you. All right, but it's I-N-A-Y-I-N, and then the second word is Dalet, D-A-L-E-T, D-A-L-E-T, I-N, Dalet. All right? And so what, what does this mean? In, the, in Jewish culture, the different numbers and the letters that they would use, like I-N is a letter and Dalet is a letter. And it would mean something prophetic for them as they had, would head into their new season and their new year. So 70, let's look at the word for 70 or the number 70, I-N. It is actually pictured like with an eye, like God is showing us how to see things a new way, all right? And so in their culture, it's like an eye where God is showing us, where he's causing us to see things in a way in which we haven't seen them before. It could be at a higher height. It could be at a deeper depth, all right? It could be that, you know, you've gone through the same circumstance over, how many of you have done that? You've gone through the same circumstance over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden you get this revelation of, oh, I see 
this in a whole new kingdom perspective and I see the way that I can even begin to step out of this season and not repeat the same cycle. So in 2014, this is the type of season that we are in, where God is going to cause us to see things in a whole new kingdom perspective in order that we can come out of old cycles and enter into a new place with him. Sound good? Yeah? How many of you have already been having that happening some in the past two or three months? See? God's already doing it, amen? And so it'll cause us to even look again. Some things that we didn't understand in the past, we'll be able to look at it again and we'll be able to say, oh, now I totally understand and I'm gonna be transparent as I go further in the teaching of how God's even been doing this in me because I believe when we learn from experience, it even builds faith, amen? All right, the word delet, this also means a door of opportunity. Everybody say door of opportunity. God is going to have us in a season, not only where we see things, but I'm excited about this, but where there are new doors of opportunities that are presenting itself to us as we maneuver and go through this new year. Now I'm gonna tie the word suddenly in right now. Everybody say suddenly. What's going to happen in this new year is we're gonna have eyes to see and not only eyes to see, but new kingdom understanding. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be a suddenly of a new door that, of opportunity that will present itself to us. It can be going deeper in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Maybe God has a job promotion, woohoo, amen, amen. Maybe God, whoops, has a new, maybe God has a, new uh, door of opportunity for ministry. Maybe he's going to open up a new nation. Amen. Maybe corporately, he's going to release a suddenly of a holiness movement of God where we're burning on fire and passion for him. Amen. Suddenly. And we're going to go from one door and one suddenly to another door and another suddenly that God is going to release. Everybody good? Not only does it mean door, it means a path or a path for your life. So just as Pastor Jade was saying earlier, that in this year, it literally could be, and many of us will experience a new path, a new door that will like really pave a way and make a way for how we are supposed to move forward in our lives in the days ahead. Amen? Now, women, I have to say this, all right, just a sec. All right, um, the word Dalet also means honeybee. And Deborah's name means bee. Everybody say woohoo, all the women say yay. <laughs> and so when we were praying at the ACPE meeting, knowing that it, uh, Dalet also means bee and that Deborah's name means bee, this is also a very key year for women in leadership. Amen. God is going to be speaking some very key things to women. God is going to be speaking some very key things. We saw, and I'll just give you some insight. We even saw that God was going to release new women into church leadership, but also governmentally that we're gonna see new women. That's kind of more of a national word right there. I'm gonna flow in and out of personal and corporate and national, and I'll tell you when I'm hitting which one. But Deborah opened the door for deliverance for her nation. So this is a key year for even women to begin to rise up and step into the fullness of who they are called to be. Women say, woo -hoo! 
all right? <laughs> so if God starts stirring something in your heart this year as a young woman, as a woman, pray into that. Seek the Lord over that. Lord, what is it that you're saying to me? What is it that you're speaking to me in this season that you are wanting me to step into? Start taking the action steps, amen, to line up with what God is saying, all right? Um, when I wanna give this example Um, I wish I could say that I came up with it, but I was hearing one of my friends speak about two months ago. And y'all watched that show, Extreme Home Makeover. Have you ever seen it? I haven't watched it in a long time, but when it came out, I really liked it a lot. I'm just never home to really watch that much TV, you know? So I just, I do DVR though, The Biggest Loser. I really like that. Do y'all like The Biggest Loser? I like that show. All right, so anyway, I'll DVR that show, but she was watching Extreme Home Makeover. And there was a man that was a paraplegic. And in this TV show, they'll go in and they'll help people. You know, if they've been through a rough time or a physical time or a health issue, they'll help them and they'll totally redo their home. You know, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Just to come home and have a whole new house, right? And so, but he was a paraplegic. And so they, and he couldn't use his hands. And so they literally programmed the house to his voice. Isn't that cool? And so he would come up in that wheelchair and he would speak to the door and he would say, door open. And the door would open. Door close and the door would close. Oven come on and the oven would come on. Window open and the window would open. Window close and the window close. Isn't that awesome? And so the reality is, what, why am I saying this? In this season that we're in, 5774, which is also 2014, and I'm about to head into that part. In this season that we are in, our words, they always are, they always are very powerful, but our words in this season are so key to lining up with what God wants to do in these open doors and in these suddenlies. Now is not a time for fear. Now is not a time for unbelief. Now is a time for faith and trust in God. Everybody say, God is good. You know, I loved it when Doug was Stringer was sharing last weekend, right? A th- listen, up to a thousand places that they can identify that God is moving in this earth and in this world in some form of transformational move of God. Amen? Now, when we watch the news, do we see that? No. But the reality is God is moving. And when we are moving in this year, now is not the time to say, I don't really know if God wants to bless me. Now is not the time to say, I really don't know if God has my, he doesn't have my best heart at his interest. Now is the time in that place of faith to speak out with him. God, I thank you that you are a good God. Lord, I thank you that there are doors that are going to open. Lord, I thank you that you're, this is the best year that we are going to have suddenlies and we are going to see your presence move in a new way. Amen. So what does, when we look at the year of 2014, we're going to look at it in the Gregorian calendar. You know, when you're with a lot of prophetic people, they get out their prophetic dictionaries, they open up the Bible. Where do you see this? How does this apply? And hang with me, because I'm going to get in the Word of God here in a minute. I just wanted to build a foundation. But literally, when you look at the number 14, and this should encourage many of us, it represents deliverance, 
It represents salvation. How many of you have been praying for prodigals? Lord, we thank you that this will be a year that the prodigals will return to you. Amen? A year of deliverance, a year of salvation. This is really key. And this is why it's so good, Jade, what, what's been being spoken here, what's being taught about the kingdom, about our inheritance as sons and daughters. It is a year. This is, a, I mean, literally the number 14 means we are in an assurance of being sons and daughters in his kingdom. We know that he loves us. We know that he is a good father. That we're not wavering on how good and loving and compassionate and merciful and trustworthy and faithful that he is. Amen? It is a year, literally, scripturally, even when you look at this number, where the church really exemplifies the kingdom of God, where the gifts, where his holiness, where signs and wonders and healings are coming forth. Salvations, everybody say harvest. (laughs) Where a harvest is coming forth. That the church literally is planted in the purposes of God and releasing his kingdom. It is a time of dependence on God. I'm going to read to you a scriptural example. We are going to get to the word of God today. (laughs) Matthew 1, and I'm going to focus on verse 17. It's not an exciting scripture, but I want to read to you what you can see see literally in the word of God, this number 14. Matthew 1, verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. So do you see the pattern? 14, 14, 14, 14. It is a time of deliverance. It's a time of salvation. It's a time of assurance in our kingdom inheritance. It also is a double portion of seven. Everybody say double portion. (laughs) This is where it starts to get good. All right. So when we are moving in 14, it literally means we're in a double portion of that seven, which is sovereignty. God doing a complete, absolute, consecrated holiness work in the church. Ah, isn't that awesome? Double portion. You are going to hear many who are coming out of ACPE say that this is a year not only of suddenlies, but it is a year of double portion. It is a year of restitution. Yes. And it is a year of holiness. Amen? What do I mean by restitution? You know, sometimes when we're walking in our life, God wants us to get something right that we need to get right with someone. It's making restitution, making something right. But you know, there's a principle in the word of God where when we are walking faithfully with him and we are serving him righteously and faithfully, that everything that the enemy has stolen in the past season, that it's time for God to bring restitution into our lives. Everybody say amen. Amen. Let me give you a real life example. 
We, um, we, our oldest daughter, Kendall, she just graduated from college December 21st. Praise God, glory, hallelujah. And when did I get old enough to have a 23-year-old? Okay, but I do. But anyway, I'm still 18, bless Jesus. There's power in our words. I am still 18 years young, amen? All right. And so, but here she is 23. Well, two years ago, uh, out of the blue, for some unknown reason, well, we know why, it was an assignment of the enemy. But literally what happened was she got a letter saying that all the grants, all the little scholarships, all the financial aid that she had for college, they had made a mistake for her first two years. And she wasn't going to be awarded anything. And she had to come up with several thousand dollars within a week or they would just kick her out of class out of the blue. And so Greg and I get on the phone. We talk to the highest people. You know us. We're tenacious, right? Are we as parents, are we just going to say, oh, okay, and take that lying down? No. So we get on the phone and we talk to the highest people at the university in her department and in the financial aid department. This is what they said. We made a mistake. You ought to be thankful we're not asking you to pay back her first two years. What? a mistake. And so, I mean, you know, we're like, what is this? And so it was devastating to Kendall. She, she pulled out and she got into online classes, but we began to pray. And I'll never forget, I was in a leadership meeting and I was with a group of leaders and I was sitting next to Peter Wagner and there was this young person up front speaking and all of a sudden just, I knew, I just heard the voice of the Lord. This is a warfare assignment against Kendall to rob her of her destiny. And I was writing and all of a sudden my head flew up. (laughs) And actually Tommy Femright, she's not here, was sitting on the other side of me and she and Peter looked at me and I looked up. I said, this is a warfare assignment against Kendall. And Peter said, well, now you've got your word, pray. So we got all, all of our intercessors praying. We started praying that what the enemy stole, that he would have to repay, that restitution would be made and we began to contend for Kendall that what God was birthing in her, in her studies would not be robbed. Do you know uh, two and a half months later, out of the blue, mysteriously, there comes a letter. Everything that was taken from you has now been restored. There wasn't an apology. There wasn't an explanation. (laughs) There wasn't, oh, we goofed up. We're so sorry, but come back in. Everything that was made available to you, it has now been restored and you can now come back to the university. Woohoo! Amen. Restitution. See, what happens is what the enemy means for harm, God wants us to come into a place, just as what Jade was saying, where we contend and we say, God, everything that has been stolen, we are contending for the promises and that restitution will be made in this time and in this year and in this season. Amen? How many of you need restitution? I'm going to pray over that just real quick before I keep going. Is that all right? So Lord, right now, every place where people are in need of restitution, Lord, whether it be financially, Lord, whether it be with belongings, whether it be in relationships, Lord, we welcome your move of restitution now in Jesus' name. 
Lord, we welcome suddenlies to come in people's lives right now in Jesus' name. Lord, where the enemy has brought any torment, Lord, we sever all of that torment now in Jesus' name. Where there has been confusion from the past season or even hope deferred from the past season, we break that now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we welcome in a move of restitution into our lives. Lord, those suddenlies, Lord, those miraculous signs and wonders of healing and and deliverance and financial provision and jobs restored and dreams restored for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm gonna paraphrase the Bible a little bit. We won't turn to it, but Joseph... We see Joseph, when Joseph was actually given the promise where he had the coat of many colors, do you know that he went through a 13-year period of time of, of being enslaved, of not walking in his destiny? Three years of that, he was in prison. Was Joseph, would you say that Joseph's world was rocked a little bit when his brothers betrayed him and threw him in that pit? Yeah. Do you think that when he was in Egypt, he at times was thinking, God, you showed me that I was wear the coat of many colors and that you said this would be my purpose and destiny and the exact opposite is happening. He even stood for righteousness when Potiphar came and he wanted, Potiphar's wife came and he, she was trying to seduce him and he stood righteously and he said no. And then he was in prison for another three years. On the 14th year, God caused a suddenly to happen for Joseph through dreams with Pharaoh that he could come and interpret it. And he went from prison into rulership in a a quick kingdom suddenly overnight. God wants restitution and restoration and suddenlies and open doors in this year. Yeah, isn't that exciting? God, we say yes, and we say amen. I'm even prophesying this now for Colorado and Colorado Springs, that we have been in a season for the past 13 years, and we are entering into a 14th year of open doors of suddenlies and restitution, just as Doug spoke last weekend, that the words that have been prophesied to this city and to this region, we say yes and amen, and we will begin to see the fulfillment of these words in 2014. Woo. Everybody say the righteous cannot be shaken. I'm going to say it again. The righteous cannot be shaken. So this leads me to my next point. Are you guys still with me? All right. We're going to look at, and we're not going to read the whole uh, verse, but 1 Chronicles 21. My goodness. First Chronicles 21. Now I'm going to paraphrase because this chapter, because I want to get to a certain point um, that the Lord was really highlighting um, for this year as well. Because everybody said the righteous cannot be shaken. And it's a year of holiness. Okay? So here we see where David numbers the fighting men. In Israel, 
in Judah. And I'm going to read to you the first six verses, and then we're going to start paraphrasing. It says, Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census. So David said to Joab and the commander of the troops, go and count the Israelites from Beersheba to Dan, then report back to me so that I may know how many there are. But Joab replied, may the Lord multiply his troops a hundred times over. My Lord, the king, are they not all my Lord's subjects? Why does the Lord want to do this? Why should he bring guilt on Israel? The king's word, however, overruled Joab. So Joab left and went throughout Israel and came back to Jerusalem. Joab reported the number of the fighting men to David. And in all of Israel, there are 1,100,000 men who could handle a sword, including 470,000 in Judah. And so we can keep reading. But we see that what happened here is David, uh, what he was doing, he was not supposed to take a census because it wasn't directed from the Lord. And what David was doing is he was stepping into a place of pride and not trusting in God. And it's because every victory they had had that has seemed impossible to David, it was because of God's faithfulness that they could overcome, right? Amen? And so here he goes out and he does this, even though Joab is telling him, don't do this, all right? This is not a word to you guys of correction, all right? I'm building up to something. Just hang with me, okay? And so that's not what we're doing this morning at all. And so... um, In verse eight, it says, then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. Verse nine, the Lord said to Gad, David's seer, go go and tell David, this is what the Lord says. I am giving you three options. So verse 11, so Gad went to David and said to him, this is what the Lord says, take your choice. Three years of famine, three months of being swept away before your enemies with their swords overtaking you or three days of the sword of the Lord, days of plague in the land with the angel of the Lord ravaging every part. Doesn't sound too promising, does it? Hang on, this is not a word of correction. Okay, just, just gonna get to the good part, just hang on. And so we see here what happened with David. And David chose, when we keep reading, David chose the plague because he said, I'd rather be under the hand of the Lord because he is merciful, right? Than I would having men come against me with the sword or being under a famine under the the nature, all right? So what happens is, is then the the plague came, all right? So we're just gonna go through that and we're gonna look at... Verse, let's look at verse 15. And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem, but as the angel was doing so, the Lord saw it and was grieved because of the calamity and said to the angel who was destroying the people, enough, withdraw your hand. The angel of the Lord was this standing at the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. And then it goes on, David looked and he saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth above the threshing floor. See, God moved in his mercy and withdrew what he said he was going to do, right? But what happened was David had eyes. Remember how we talked about seeing, that you can see in a new way. David had eyes. He saw, he was able to see that angel standing between heaven and earth above the threshing floor of Aruna. Also, the man's name can be Ornon and other translations, which literally means he was no or a Lord. And at that threshing floor that that angel stood above, it was actually the site of the future temple. 
So David saw, and when he saw what God was doing, he then went to Aruna, and, and the prophet Gad spoke to him and said, you need to go and purchase that threshing floor. So this is a point I'm going towards. This is a good part. We're getting to the good part. So he gets to that threshing floor, and Aruna says, what do you want? And David says, I want your threshing floor. And then he says, I will give it to you. And David says, no. And this is the verse that I want us to land on, and this is one that we really prayed into at ACPE for quite a time. And it says, but King David in verse 24 replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that cost me nothing. And so here David is saying, I have got to sow into, I have got to release my faith. I have got to pay a price for this threshing floor. And the threshing floor symbolized, everybody thinks, oh, it's just pruning. Yes, it does symbolize pruning, but it also symbolizes harvest. This became the future prophetic site for the temple of the Lord where he would be worshiped from all the children of Israel. This became the prophetic site where God planted his temple and worship went up to him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so here David is, he's consecrating himself to the Lord and he's saying, I will not make a sacrifice that does not cost me nothing. This is the holiness part. And this is what happened in the room in ACPE when we got here too in prayer. That God is calling us in this season, not out of religious duty, praise God, glory, hallelujah, right? But out of a total abandonment to him to come into a consecrated, set apart, holy place with him where we can receive more authority, more of his kingdom, where a harvest of souls will be what is made known on the threshing floor within our churches, within our families, within our homes, within our regions. Holiness. I'm going to read to you some quotes. And we know the rest of the story. Let me finish the story. The plague stopped, amen. And David and the children of Israel were rescued. I'm going to read to you. Let me put this down here. quotes that I just wrote down during our prayer time when we hit this place in prayer and intercession. These were just quotes from world leaders. No compromise. Year of holiness encounters of God's glory. Hey, Michelle, can you come play, sweetie? Acceleration in holiness. Awakening in holiness. Oh, I loved this one. Their cry rose up in the room, give us the fire, God. Give us your holy fire, God. 
then we all begin to cry out, give me the fire, God. God, awaken us, oh God. Lord, consecrate us. Lord, we don't want religious holiness. We want holiness out of abandoned passion to you. God, a holiness move set apart for you. Let your fire, God, fall in our churches. God, let your fire fall in our cities. Oh God, bring transformation and reformation. God, we need a holiness movement birthed in hunger for you. just as David came to the threshing floor of Aruna, and it was the future site of the temple that was built in 24 seven worship and prayer rose to you from Israel from that place. God, we say, let this be a season and let this be a day. Let this be a time where worship and prayer and holiness come up from Antioch Church. God, let it come up from this city and from this region. God, let it come up from this nation. God, we cry out for mercy. We cry out for mercy for this nation. Let your holiness come. Let us see (laughs) the suddenlies, the angels standing above the threshing floor. David saw and he turned the nation. God, let us see that we can turn a nation. Let us see that we can turn the nations. Let us see that we can turn this city and this region. I wanna share just a little bit more and then we're gonna pray a little bit more. I'm not even talking guys about sin issues, right? I mean, I'm going to be real transparent. God told me a year ago, quit getting manicures and pedicures. Don't go. Now, I like that. There's not, God wants us to have fun and be blessed. I'm, if you do that, there's nothing wrong with that. This is just a personal work. I will not return to do that until God speaks to me. I can. God, if you want me to lay that down for a season, bless Jesus, I will. If it gives me more of you, If you want me not to eat that food for a year, if you, I have friends that the Lord said, do not cut your hair for two years. And they said, Lord, I won't do it. But God, whatever it is, God, take me higher. You know, we said, and this, then the prayer and our prayer, Lord, we'll give more. 
We'll give more than we did in 2013. God will worship more than we did in 2013. God will pray more than we did in 2013. We'll read the word more than we did in 2013. Not because of religious duty, but because of your amazing love. You are a good, good God. Rick Ridings came out with this scripture, Job 14, 7 through 9. At least there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again, and its new shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground and its stump die in the soil. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. That's a promise for our lives. That's a promise for this church. That's a promise for our city. That's a promise for our nation. Dutch was in the room and, you know, when you're with prophets and Dutch says, we have a dead stump in our backyard. And all of a sudden this spring, when it rained, all of a sudden there is this sprout that is coming up out of that dead stump. And then we're all like, whoa! God, let life come forth in a fresh Prayer and worship and fasting will water ancient roots of the kingdom of God and will send forth branches of life. I'm going to read to you one more scripture and I want you to close your eyes and receive. 2 Corinthians 3.18 Whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there they are face to face. They suddenly, everybody say suddenly, (laughs) recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it, all of us. Nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. This is our promise. Moses reflected the glory of God, but a movement where we get to radiate the glory of God. This is the calling to the body of Christ in this season. Consecrated, holy, radiating the kingdom of
of God with open doors and suddenlies and seeing a harvest of souls come forth. So I want to ask you to stand. year in your presence Lord that we are positioned for suddenlies Lord that as we stand as the righteous consecrated to you and abandonment and love to you Lord we will not be shaken Lord in spite of what we see around us in the world of shaking that we see, we will not be shaken. Lord, we thank you that this is an awesome year of 2014. Lord, we call in restitution. Lord, we speak to the doors to open in Jesus' name. Father God, we speak, Lord, that there will be deliverance and salvation and a double portion of what you are birthing in this season. that we'll give more, we'll worship more, we'll pray more, we'll read more, not out of duty, but of a hunger. Lord, stir a hunger and a fire in us. Lord, give us the fire. Give us your presence. I just hear the Lord saying that in the first three months of this year that there is um, a stirring and an awakening that is occurring. Even as this fast starts, the Lord is jump-starting a stirring and an awakening. And in these these first three months, and I'm just speaking this, everyone here in the room, just like what Doug said, receive this because this is for the body. This is corporate. There's going to be an increase in dreams and visions. God is going to cause there to be even more dreams in the night hours. That there is an awakening that is happening within dream lives. That there's going to be clear direction that comes in the next three months. That God is going to give a strategy of how to reach beyond the walls to the needy of the city. God is going to give strategies of governmental connections. And I, Jade, I know I texted to you last Sunday, but even in the assignment of prayer walk strategies for the city, revelations will come for the assignments that God is birthing in this first three months. There's an increase of revelation that he is releasing that will set the stage for the remainder of the year. There is multiplication that is coming in this season. There are going to be suddenlies that happen even within the services of the Lord's presence coming in very profound ways. Hear me. 
God's going to stir a hunger and a passion in many of us that has been kind of dormant. You know, we've just been kind of going through the motions, wanting to, loving the Lord, but God's stirring a new passion and a zeal. And so, Lord, we say stir up that zeal and that passion to the fullness, Lord, of what you would have it stir to. And hear me, friends, any area that God wants to touch, let him touch it in this season. There's such a grace and anointing for freedom, for deliverance, for restitution, for signs and wonders. And Lord, we thank you that as we enter into this 21-day fast, that we will have a whole praise report full (laughs) of signs and wonders and salvations and healings and financial provision and jobs and breakthrough and positioning. Positioning. And Lord, we give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.